Igniting Hope Ministries welcomes you. Prepare yourself to listen to a message that will spark hope and renew your mind. Hi, Steve Backlund here from Igniting Hope Ministries. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. The title of the day's message is Six Enemies of Good Decision-Making. Now, I know I'm talking to good decision-makers right now. You wouldn't even be listening to this podcast unless you were a good decision-maker. So, you are already have momentum in your life, and I believe this is just going to add to it. I'm writing a book called Fully Convinced, The Art of Decision-Making. We're creating a course on the Igniting Hope Academy platform. Hopefully, this will be ready, the book and course, in fall of 2022. I've got a, such a desire to help people in decisions. I have had so much struggle in my own life that it's an honor and it's one of my passions because I don't want to have people struggle to the level that I did in decision making. The quality of our lives is largely determined by the choices that we make. And one of the ways to improve our decision making is to understand and overcome the main reasons why people make poor choices. And here are some of those reasons that that I'm planning on including in the book. I'm going to talk about six of them. They're, number one, doubt we will know what to do. Two, perfectionism. Three, impatience. Four, fear. Five, people-pleasing. And six, selfishness. Now, reason number one or an enemy, number one, of good decision-making is doubt we will know what to do. James 1, verses 5 and 6 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. Now, James 1, 5 is our tracking number that enables us to be fully convinced that we will know what to do about things we may be uncertain about now. This verse is like the tracking number we get when we order something to be shipped to us. I don't know if you're like me. I'm, I'm assuming you are. The moment I receive the tracking number, my faith is released over it, and I believe without a doubt that it's coming. I don't go out the moment, an hour after I ordered it, look out my front door. I don't say it's not working, and I don't go and order it again. No, I know that it's coming. It's coming. Similarly, we are to order wisdom for our decisions. When we ask God for wisdom, it's like ordering it requesting it, paying for it. Jesus already paid for it. If we ask in faith is the key here. Faith, which is the opposite of doubt, says it's coming. It's coming. Why don't you think right now about an area in your life where you don't know right now what to do about it? And why don't you just say, the answer's coming. I've got my tracking number. I love that. Now, enemy number two of good decision-making is perfectionism. 
perfectionism causes us to have a negative goal of a trying to avoid failure. It causes us to focus on what may possibly go wrong or what is wrong rather than what is right or could go right. The trait of perfectionism is an enemy of good decision-making because it fuels the belief that we can't make a decision in faith unless we know 100% it is the right decision. Let me say that again. The trait of perfectionism is an enemy of good decision-making because it fuels the belief that we can't make a decision in faith unless we know 100% it is the right decision. The perfectionistic mindset often partners with the religious mindset, which believes Old Testament verses like Jeremiah 17, 9, where it says, The heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked who can know it. The religious spirit says that's still true today for those who are Christians. And this creates an inability to trust our own motives in hearing God. Thus, we cannot be fully convinced about anything. And not being fully convinced is at the root of many of our poor decisions because we're living in doubt. A bad decision made in faith has a greater likelihood of success than a good decision made in doubt. And I'm not talking about sinning in faith, but God gives us leeway in so many areas. He says, you do the best you know how to do in making a decision with my word, with wisdom and a multitude of counselors, having a story from me, of why you're doing it, do the best you can, and then attach faith to it. Number three, enemy of good decision-making is impatience. <laughs> impatience. Those who are in a hurry to experience what is promised to them will make poor decisions. There's a process of maturity that is needed so that we can actually handle or steward promises well. It's not unloving to delay giving the keys to the car to our younger children. They're not ready for it. There's many things in our lives that God's promised that we're not ready for yet. And as we cooperate with the process, we will see the promise. But if we get impatient... It's going to create problems like Abraham, who grew impatient in Genesis when he was promised that his descendants would be like the stars of the sky and the sand of the seashore. He got impatient and created Ishmael when he had relations with his wife's handmaiden, Hagar. David, though, is the opposite of that. He was anointed as king as a teenager, but it took nearly 15 years before he actually became king. He had opportunities to speed the process by killing King Saul, his predecessor, but he chose to take the high road 
by waiting for God to open the door for his promise. Impatience is an enemy of good decision-making. Number four is fear. Fear is an enemy of good decision-making. There are many types of fear that lead to bad decisions. Fear of the unknown, fear of change, fear of making a decision, fear of making a wrong decision, fear of what people think, fear of missing out, fear there will never be another opportunity like this one, or fear of rejection. And certainly fear is not always a bad emotion. I mean, it's like putting your hand on a hot stove once you've done that. There's a healthy fear, if we want to use that word, to not have your hand near the hot stove. But fear is usually an enemy of good decision-making, and so it's unwise. It's wise to overcome the lies creating fear before trying to decide on something. Enemy number five of good decision-making is people-pleasing. Proverbs 29, 25 says, The fear of man brings a snare. When we overvalue the feelings of other people in making decisions, we will invariably make wrong choices. Let me say that again. When we overvalue the feelings of other people in making decisions, we'll invariably make wrong choices. Certainly, we are not to ignore the effects our decisions have on others, but low-level decision-makers are constantly trying to keep the people in their lives happy and maintain their approval. People-pleasers prioritize popularity and peace in relationships above doing the right thing. They will tend to enable bad behavior in others because of an unwillingness to set boundaries that may upset people. Wow, wow, wow. And then lastly, last enemy of good decision-making is selfishness. When we're primarily thinking of, thinking of our own needs, pleasures, and our own security, we will make low-level decisions and make choices that cause hurt and pain for others. The opposite of selfishness is love, is generosity. So six enemies of good decision-making. Number one, doubt we will know what to do. Two, perfectionism. Three, impatience. Four, fear five, people-pleasing, and six, selfishness. I want to say it again. You are a good decision-maker. And as you just reflect on this message and you think, all right, which one of these or, or, or two of these speak to you the most? And as you just say, Lord, thank you for your grace to cause me to overcome this. And when we realize this and and we pull up the weeds so to speak of these negative influences then we are set up for making decisions that are incredible 
And even as I pray for you, I'm thinking of a situation, 1990-91, where in 91 we went to do our first pastorate in rural Nevada, my wife Wendy and I and our family, and I wanted to have a guest speaker come to our church because I value guest speakers. I'd seen that in my former church. And I thought, who should I invite? And the name Bill Johnson came to my mind. And many of you know Bill Johnson, current senior leader at Bethel Church in Redding, California. He was pastoring a church in Weaverville, California. Hardly anybody knew who Bill Johnson was. And I invited him. I made a decision above my ability to make such a great decision. And that really changed everything in my life. I didn't know it at the moment, but 10 years later, I realized that decision has changed everything. And now 30 years later, I still look back on that decision as being a major, major positive in my life. And I believe you are going to make decisions in this season that are going to massively bless you and your descendants and those that you influence. In many of these decisions, you won't even know at the moment how important they are. I see God's grace just funneling you into powerful decisions. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this podcast from Igniting Hope Ministries. Steve Backlin here. And we are here to ignite your hope. There's no hopeless circumstances. There's just people who do not have hope. And once people get through hope, circumstances cannot stay the same. Hope is the belief that the future will be better than the present, and I have the power to help make it so. Hope's an unstoppable force. If something's going to change, somebody has hope. Somebody believes the future will be better. Someone believes the dry bones of Ezekiel 37, that they have a good future. Somebody believes our nations have a good future. Somebody believes the unborn have a good future. Somebody believes that the disunity in politics, that there's a good future. There's breakthrough for that. All of that brings hope. Martin Luther King Jr. said, I have a dream. He basically said, I have a dream that things can get better for my people. I'm talking to dreamers right now. And by the way, what social problem do you want to be the solution for? Taking a little rabbit trail here, but this is for somebody. You say, well, how do I know what I'm called to? What makes you cry? What makes you mad? That's a key to what you're called to do. And decide and he will provide. Many people say, I don't have enough money. I don't know the right people. Well, I'm telling you this, that decide that you're going to do something about that problem. All of heaven gets behind quality decisions. And remember too, that anytime you find true hope, you're going to find all joy as well. The joy of the Lord is our strength. I don't need strength at the end of the battle. I need strength in the middle of the battle. And pretty much for everybody listening today, today's just not a good day to walk in radical joy. <laughs> I haven't found many days where it's convenient to walk in radical joy. There's always seems to be a reason why not to be joyful today. <laughs> Let's stir it up. 
Paul said in Philippians 4.4, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Rejoy. One of the ways we rejoice is through thanksgiving, focusing on what we have more than what we don't have, magnifying the Lord instead of magnifying the problem, also delighting ourselves in the Lord. Psalm 37 verse 4 just delighting, just having the, the little kid in a candy shop attitude. Lord, I can't wait to see what you're going to do about this. I can't wait to see what you're going to do in my family. I can't wait to see what you're going to do in my finances. Hey, if you like these podcasts, why don't you tell somebody else about them? If you're not signed up for our newsletter at ignitinghope.com, you can sign up for it there and you'll receive the weekly blog. We send them out right now on Mondays with a link to the podcast. And it'll also tell you about events that we're going to be doing and online courses. We're a week in or so in our course, 40 Days of Hope, that is using my new book, Igniting Hope in 40 Days. It's not too late to sign up for that. You can go to ignitinghopeacademy.com and sign up for that great event, $35. You receive an ebook of my new book, plus you get a video three to five minutes every day that goes along with the devotional for the, each of the 40 days. Got declarations, some other things to have you have 40 days of radical hope. All right, Steve Backlin here. Looking forward to seeing you on another podcast from Igniting Hope Ministries. We hope that you have been blessed by this message. For more resources, you can visit our website at ignitinghope.com.